0: If I had free money, I would get myself out of debt. (laughs) Yes, I would pay off all my student loans and I'll be done. Welcome to Divorcing Sally Mae, the podcast where you can break free from your student loan debt. My name is Crystal Lee, and we're going to talk about how to get out of student loan debt, how to make more money, how to buy a home, fix your credit, and so much more. So let's get into today's episode. All right, so I am super excited to have this guy on the show today, somebody who has helped change my life, Mr. Stanley Tate, student loan attorney. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How you doing?
0: I'm good. So That's awesome. just to give a little backstory, I was really, really struggling with my private loans. And I had somebody at work at the radio station who said, I heard this guy on a webinar somewhere. She heard you and she was like, I think he might be able to help you. And so I reached out to you and I let you know that I had some private loans that were in default or they had been charged off or something because I just completely ignored the private student loan company because I was sick of them. I was paying a whole lot of money and nothing was it wasn't touching on nothing and I want to get into it a little bit later about how you really kind of helped me to settle that debt and to kind of feel like I could breathe again. But just to kind of start off, what exactly does a student loan attorney do? Like, what what do you do day to day?
1: I mean, so for the most part, uh, I'm a student loan manager, right? Like, I, yes, I'm a lawyer and I'm someone I have legal training in dealing with the laws surrounding student loans, but for the most part, I'm looking at your student loan situation and figuring out what's the best situation for you. So whether it be, we just need to lower your payment, whether you need to aggressively pay it off or you need to settle, like I'm evaluating those things and just trying to figure out what's the best situation for you. So I don't do a lot of suing and things like that. I'm just trying to figure out how do we deal with the debt that you've taken out and go from there. So...
0: When I came to you, and I'm using myself as an example because I want for people to know. um, So you want me to
1: tell them what
0: you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we we can be completely transparent because you're not just somebody that I found and I saw and I said, hey, he'll be good for this podcast. You're somebody that I've actually paid money to. Yeah. So I want people to know that I came to you and I was completely frustrated. I was over it. I had just let it go nothing else bad on my credit but these loans. I had tried to file for bankruptcy to get rid of them, and I was irritated. And I'm like, Stanley Tate, what can you do for me? So I want you to break down, like, if you can remember some of the stuff, um, kind of what we did as far as my private loans were concerned.
1: Well, so the biggest thing was making sure that we understood what was going on with your loans because, like you said, you're like, not really sure, I know I have these loans, these loans. So we wanted to make sure we understood which loans were your federal loans, which one were your private loans. And then which ones your mother took out on your behalf, those Parent PLUS loans. But once we kind of had all that figured out, it's like, okay, we got a plan for the Parent PLUS loans. we got a plan for your federal loans. Let's worry about your private loans. And then we had to track them down and kind of go from there. And once we track them down, we're like, okay, they're with this collection agency. They're owned by this company. Here's the balance today. And now let's start the negotiation process. And part of the negotiation was I had to figure out how much could you actually afford to pay. Right. Because, like, you know, a lot of times people don't come to me with lump sums uh, on money that can pay it all the way off. So they need a lump sum plus a monthly payment. Right. And you were able to provide that criteria to me. And once I knew that, I was like, okay, great. I can negotiate with this and kind of let's go from there. And so then I reached out to the collection agency and started negotiations. And it took us a few months to get everything together. but. I think we came out of it with a pretty good deal that
0: made sense for you. I want to go back to some of the things that you told me. One of them was to stop paying. Like you were like, listen, if you're in a position to where your credit can take a little bit of a hit, because I don't know if everybody will agree with that, but this is the advice that you gave to me. Stop paying. And you also told me what you just said. You know, do you have some money to actually pay up front and then go into a payment? And then even working with you helped me to stop getting all of the harassing calls because a lot of people, we avoid the phone calls because we don't want to deal with the same people calling us all day long. And it was stressful.
1: Yeah. And, and and that's so when we talked about it, I was like, and it wasn't just I was telling you stop paying. I was like, look. You realize that you're paying this money. Your balance isn't going anywhere. You're just making, like, these interest-only payments. So, like, whatever money you're paying, you're basically setting on fire. So stop doing that, right? Like, And you're like, well, they, I need to do something because it's credit. I was like, yo, credit only matters when you actually need credit. So if you're not trying to buy a house right now, you're try, not trying to buy a car, why do you actually care about your credit score? Because credit is easy to fix. We can get that done inside of a year. But these student loans, we need to get those fixed for the rest of your life. So you made the decision from there, you're like, okay, I'm going to stop paying and I'm going to work with you. And you're like, well, what about the collection costs? I'm like, don't even worry about that. As soon as I send my third-party authorization over, they're going to talk to me. And so I imagine for you, like, the only person you had to deal with was me, and I was just updating you as to what was going on. Right. And so that, that, that probably went like that. Like, and this is something I actually don't know. Like, how much of a hit did your credit actually take? Because I knew it probably had to already took a hit because you were in default and in collections. But did it continue to go down during that period?
0: It's weird because, you know, I had student loans that were with different companies, like you just said. So when it got sold from the private. Student loan company, it went different places, so it was hitting my credit at different times. So it would go to different bureaus. So it would be like, okay, Experian just took a twenty point hit. All right, TransUnion not there yet. So it was literally kind of falling at different times, and my credit had already took not a huge hit because I had never paid my bills late, but I filed for bankruptcy trying to kind of find a hole to put the private student loans in and that was out of desperation and i hadn't even met you yet when i did that so literally my credit has only been um affected in a bad way from student loans either trying to get out of them or the default and i was paying the company i didn't have to go into default but i got frustrated and because of that i just let it go and until i met you it was just calls on calls and just getting back. And probably if it wasn't for the fact that my mom was also on the loans, I may not have even, you know, cared as much. But for the sake of her name and her credit, I'm like, I'm not going to run my mom through the mud. Let me call this guy that they say is pretty good and see what he can do (laughs) for me. But I mean, you deal obviously with a lot more people. So what's the most like common thing that you see that people are struggling with when it comes to student loan debt?
1: Well, I I think, your story is the story that's common where you went to school and you're like the, you're, you have this potential to make this great income because you went out and got the education, but you had to incur so much debt to get there because these schools just got ridiculous. And you're just signing papers at 18, 19 years old. And you're like, I really don't know what's going on with my student loans. I just know I got them. And so when you graduate, you're like, oh, I thought I was taking care of these loans. Then you get a phone call later on. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't know I had these loans. And then you get another call. You're like, oh, shit, I got these loans, too. And then you start panicking because you're like, I don't make enough to cover these bills and to live the life that I want as well. So how do I deal with this? Right. And so I just come in and I look at it and say, okay, we have to make an economical decision here. I get people that come to me, they, don't necess- they have to do everything on their own or they have a little bit of help. And it's like, how do I make the best of this situation? And we look at it and we just say, here's what we need to do for the federal. And for a lot of people, that's just going to be income-driven repayment, like IBR, or revised pension, or whatever. But for the private student loan, if you know you're just making the minimum payment, you know your balances are going anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's probably going up while you're making the payment. So why keep doing that? Let's do something else and settlement a lot of times is the option. I was going to say, because your settlement was pretty cool, because like, you didn't necessarily have a large lump sum down. Like, you owed like 32000 for one of the loans, right? And you were like, hey, I think I got like a few thousand dollars. I was like, all right, we'll see what we can do. We can see what we can do on a monthly basis. And I kind of gave you some parameters. I said, well, if you don't really have like a full lump sum down, we could probably do like maybe 40 to $0.60 cents on the dollar with monthly payments to catch it up. And you're like, I think I can do that. And so the way we set up, I think you owe like thirty two thousand on that one loan and we settled it for basically fifteen and you put down seventy five hundred dollars. Right. And we paid the rest off over like a two year period if I'm not mistaken. And that, that worked out great for you because it was comfortable. I, I, I imagine, I don't think you United in trouble paying.
0: No, it was great because it stopped the cost, you know, and I don't feel like I'm drowning anymore. And I know a lot of people feel like that right now. They don't know how many federal private loans they should get. They're like, do I consolidate? Do I refinance? Like, they just don't know what to do. So what would you say to people before they came to hire you or hire another professional? What do they need to do?
1: Well, I, I think uh, the very first thing I would do is go to what's called the National Student Loan Data System, nslds.ed.gov, the National Student Loan Data System. That's like the Department of Education's website of all of your federal student loans. Now, people are like, oh, I I got Navi and I got Great Lakes. Yeah, that's cool. That's your servicer. What I want to know is what the Department of Education actually has to say. So we go to the nslds.ed.gov website, we see your federal loan. Then from there, I want you to pull your credit report. I want not credit karma, I want you to go pull your MyFiCo3 score uh, report. And the reason why I want you to do that is I want to be able to compare your credit report versus your National Student Loan Data System report. That way we can get all your federal loans and any loan that's listed on your credit report that's not on the National Student Loan Data System, it's a private student loan. And so that way we can best try to like capture where your loan's at in the process. With that information, we can do a lot. We can come up with a game plan, which is what you're talking about. Like, you felt ease because you knew Here's the strategy. I'm dealing with this loan and this is going to work for
0: me. Let's go back a little bit because there will be people listening who are already in a bad situation. And so we've given them a couple steps and where they need to start. But for people who have kids that are about to go to college or, you know, know somebody who is, would you recommend the private loans? Would you recommend parents getting parent plus loans? What are some things you would say to avoid to not have to ever hire you?
1: You know, here's the thing. With parents, like, they be like, oh, I don't want my kids to take out this debt. I don't think a parent should ever take out a Parent Plus loan for a kid unless they absolutely have to. And the reason why is Parent Plus loans don't have, like, the same great repayment plans as, like, regular federal student loans do. So you end up with a much higher payment that you can't really afford on that basis. It's, like, ridiculous. So so I would avoid that if you're a parent. Now, I understand you're like, oh, I want to help my kid out. I get it. I would avoid a Parent Plus loan if I could. A private student loan, I wouldn't want a kid taking that out because like the rates are just ridiculously high on these things and while you're in school they're in deferment and you think that's a good thing until you realize that interest has been running that entire time on that right, loan. Right. and then they don't offer the same repayment plans, right? So when you get out they're gonna want their money. They're gonna want it according to the schedule going and they're gonna call you nonstop for that money. And, and they're that's an literally, they have
0: nothing yeah. for you. Like they can't, they can't help you with a different payment. It's literally like we have no options for you. But when you're in school and like you say, I mean, I was 17 when I, when I started getting into debt. So once you get in it and you're like, okay, cool. I'll just pay all this off later. You know, I'll just take the money that they're giving me. Maybe I'll get a little extra for myself and uh, I'll be good later.
1: Well, but part of that, too, is like, with you, you were stunning down there in Atlanta, but that's what y'all do, right? Like, y'all have y'all fashion Fridays, and so you get enough federal student loans. You get enough federal student loans to cover your tuition costs or anything like that, but then you need the private student loans. You feel like you need them so you can go out and get these shoes and get these clothes. I
0: never should have touched those private student loans. I tell people all the time, private student loans are the devil. Stay far away.
1: Don't do it. Oh. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. We have to be real about it. So about what schools we go to. Is what can we afford to go to this school, and does it make financial sense for us? Because you're making a financial investment in yourself. So you don't need to look at school like, oh, do I like the school? Do I like this? No. What is the return on my investment going to be? How much do I expect to make when I graduate? What's the job placement rate? What are all these things that go into it? Because that's what you're doing. You're investing in yourself, and. I, when I when people come to me, they went to, like, Everest College or University of Phoenix, and they owe $60,000, and they didn't get shit for this degree. I'm like, why did you make this terrible-ass investment? Right. And the thing is, they don't know. They just did something because they thought it was the right thing. But we need to be a little bit more smarter about how, like, our strategy going into the program. But, yeah, privacy loans, I say you'll avoid them. Parents. Like I would if I'm choosing between a parent plus loan and a private student loan, I'd probably take out the private student loan because on the Really end, we can the, the reason why I say that is because we can negotiate way better settlements in the private student loan, right? So if you borrow fifty thousand dollars for your kid to go to school, I could probably end up settling that loan for somewhere between twenty and thirty something thousand dollars, which is a huge saving on that federal student loan, which is basically going to stay with you to the grades. If we think about it, like if you're a parent who can qualify for a private student loan to borrow for your child, then you usually have good credit and you usually have some type of assets, right? And so if you are able to default on that loan in the future, you can negotiate a way better settlement. But like with the federal student loan, with a parent plus loan, you're you're stuck there with just with that debt and i can't settle those the same way like they're like 85 cents on the dollar to settlement so like most people can't afford those but with a privacy loan you have way more options with settlement purposes as far as payments yeah if you just want the lowest payment year after year parent plus loans probably going to be the best way but i just think Especially now with the more competitive private student loans, it's probably a better look for you. But again, I would evaluate that on a case by case basis.
0: So now it looks like a lot of people are just a credit repair specialists, and it's like a do it quickly, get it off of your credit. And people are saying and advertising, "Oh, I could just wipe your student loans off your your credit report, so it doesn't even matter."
1: Yeah, I mean that's terrible, like, and I, I just laugh at those because, well, and I'm also concerned because they, there are a lot of harms. Just because you have a debt removed from your credit report doesn't mean that you no longer owe it. You still owe that debt until it's either paid off or the statute of limitations runs. There's no way around that. So, and just like, we, you know, conceptually, if we think about it, like your rent's not on your credit report, but you know your rent is due every month, right? Like your utility bills aren't on your credit report, but you know they're due every month. But somehow it's too long. People are like, oh, they're not on there, so I don't owe them. It doesn't work like that. You owe your student loans no matter if they're on credit report or
0: not. Obviously, this is a a huge, huge issue. It's not just black people, black women. Obviously, we have a lot of it, but it's it's on a national level. So now we have all these people who are running for president and saying, hey, if I'm elected, I'm going to work out this plan for you. Do you think that that's going to go through or is this just too much big business for student loans to just not be crazy?
1: I think something's going to change. I I can... Instead of seeing student loan debt wiped out, what I could see is increasing the Pell Grant so people don't, the most needy of us don't have to borrow as much to pay for school. I can also see state getting back into making state colleges more affordable for children. Um, but as far as uh, wiping out student loan debt, I just don't see how it's going to be done. And people just say, oh, they bailed out the banking industry, they bailed out the auto industry. But those are bailing, bailing out corporations. But when you're bailing out your neighbor, it feels different. You're like, no, I paid back my student loan. Right. You should have to pay back yours. Right. And so because it's a very personal argument, so I don't know how you get the voter support for it. But to say, oh, in the future, we're going to increase Pell Grants. We're going to do these things to make college more affordable. I can see that happen.
0: What do you say to people listening who feel desperate, like they have no options I don't know which way to turn with my student loans. Obviously, like you say, you're a student loan manager. You help people a lot. But what are just some good first steps to attack this issue for people personally? I really want for people to get action. I want the information in there, but I want for people to listen and say, you know what? I can actually go do this. I can actually make a step towards not feeling like I am a prisoner to these loans.
1: I think number one is changing your mindset that you actually don't have to be a prisoner. I have yet to meet someone whose student loans have stopped them from doing something, like actually stopped them. There's like the thought that I can't buy a home, I can't get married, I can't do this. But that's you telling yourself that narrative. That's not actual reality. I've got clients that owe three, four $400,000 that went out and bought a home. And you'll think, oh, they must make a lot of money. No, they make like 60000 $70,000 a year. They were just able to go ahead and get that home. So, number one, I would say let's change our mentality about it. Number two, I'd want you to identify your loans. So the very first step, go to National Student Loans Data uh, data System, check out your loans, your federal loans, figure those out, pull your credit report, find your private loans. And that way you know who you owe, how much you owe, and what the interest rates are on those loans from there. And then from there, look at your financial situation. If you're, you know, 50 years old and you owe $100,000 in student loans, the chances are you're not paying off that debt. So be real with yourself about that, right? Like, and understand, okay, it's probably better for me to save for retirement than it is to pay off this debt. So let me prioritize doing that. But if you're like 20-something years old and you owe 100000 you may have a much better shot at doing so. So we need to kind of evaluate our financial situation, what's our savings, how old are we, how much do we earn, what's the likelihood of paying off these debts and getting real. And then from there, if you want to sit down and speak with me, let's set up a consultation, cool, let's go there. Or another professional. Because we hire professionals for everything else, for taxes, for mechanics, and things like that. There's no different with student loans. Hire someone that knows what the hell they're doing.
0: But there's so many scams out there and so many people telling you that they can help you, they can get rid of stuff. And so it's like, who do I go to that is really going to take care of me?
1: Yeah, so, so you can always call me. That's what I'm there for. But, I mean, you... Whoever, what you want to look out for is people that, that promise forgiveness, that promise something quick and easy that sounds too good to be true. That's because it is. Like, there are no quick fixes with student loans. There, there's going to be some blood. There's going to be some sweat. There's going to be some tears. But we're going to get through it with your federal loans and your private loans. So anyone that you hear on the radio is like, oh, this public service loan forgiveness, we can get your loan forgiven, we can do this. It doesn't work like that. None of those forgiveness programs happen overnight. You have to work from. them. You have to meet certain requirements. So anyone that comes to you with something sounds too good no they're a scam at least that's what i'm gonna
0: say two things i want for you to tell people how they can contact you and number two i would love for you to come back and we actually answer some questions that people have for you about their own student loan situations would you be willing to do that
1: Absolutely, that that is not a problem. I, I'm here to help all times. Like, so sometimes people don't even hire me. I'm cool with that because you need the knowledge. You need to know that you're not alone, and then people have an embarrassment about their debt. You shouldn't be embarrassed about it. You went out and try to get an education. Let's try to empower you from there on and give you options going forward. As far as how to get in contact with me, mean, the easiest way if you're like, hey, I want to ask you a question, is to go ahead and sign up for a free talk with me. Ten minute talk, uh, no obligation whatsoever. Tateesq dot com. That's T A T E esq.com. dot com, slash get started just go right there you'll be able to sign up for a 10-minute conversation with me we'll be able to uh go from there and kind of figure out what's the right move for you
0: so i'm super excited for you to come back so we can answer some questions that people have but i'm glad that we were able to kind of walk through my situation so people know this is something i actually am going through i'm not just talking about this because it's fun for me to have the conversation i'm like right smack
1: in the middle of it with them yeah you, you were definitely in it you were like want to like a better client because you were on top of it you like had you responsive and were ready to go forward and say okay here's what i can do you were clear on your financial situation and when we talked about it you're like okay here's what i'm trying to get done and in that way i know exactly what i need to do to help you from there So I really appreciate people that come to me like that that are clear on it. But if you're not, that's not your story, don't worry. We'll still get through it no matter what.
0: Thank you so much, Stanley. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at DivorcingSallyMay and send all of your money and student loan questions to DivorcingSallyMay at gmail.com.